Hey everyone, Kaprogman here. Did you know that we have a Patreon page? That's right, if you go to patreon.com slash wafflingtailors, you can help support the show. It turns out the podcasts aren't free. I mean, they're free to download, but they're not really free to create, kind of, because you have to host them somewhere. Anyway, what we're after doing is we're after trying to make sure that we're fully funded. We're obviously doing this off of our own backs, and we are loving it, because it's loads of fun. But uh, you can help out if you want from as little as $1 a month, and if you do that, you get loads of bonus content. If you go there now, you'll see that there's already a whole bunch of bonus content for the $1 tier already. We're planning on releasing a bunch of bonus episodes under the $5 tier, except that we've got one coming up that is going to be under the $1 tier, just to see how you guys feel and what you think about it. So head over to patreon.com slash wafflingtailors and give us a look and uh, maybe help us out. See you later, Squidgy! See you later, Squidgy! So here we are, part two of our discussion with Jay. Um, it, He's still here. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. He hasn't He's, gone home yet. He stayed here for weeks. So it, we've been recording since May 14th, and it is now, uh, I don't know, September the 205th, um, <laughs> day 497, and they still think we're doing a podcast. We're not actually. We're in the Waffling Taylor's house. That's it. She hasn't left yet. He's been locked in a dungeon. We don't do He's a... been beating on the bee the entire time. <laughs> Yes, we don't do a <laughs> So this is the second part. Uh, hey. Definitely check it out. Have a listen to it. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back to this conversation. We're about to talk about some stuff. Check the show notes for a list of things we're about send to Send help. Get me out of here. If Quiet, not, you. If not, send bacon. We'll be it's good there. as help, right? Bacon's as good as help. Would you be happy if someone sent bacon instead of the police? Would it matter as much? I can't say I'd be heartbroken. So send bacon if you don't want to send the police. Either way, here comes the music. multiplayer games is always fun I mean I remember you telling me about I can't remember which Splinter Cell game it was but mm. you invented the um, flashbang dance party flashbang headbang <laughs> which was basically what you do is in, in this in the, the latest Splinter Cell game you had three different types of way of playing so you could be don't kill anyone kill everyone or a mixture of the two mm. and you get different ratings and anyone that went on that the most reward you got was not killing anyone and this guy <laughs> Figured out that right near the end of the level, what you do is when you're just about to finish the level, you throw a flashbang, alert everyone, and then from someone else's screen, if you put on your night vision goggles on and off really fast, when you do night vision goggles, your character would nod and flick them down. Yeah, you and do the little. And when yeah, when yeah. you when you've got rid of them, they go back up. So if you're looking at each of the screens, you'd see your character's head banging while everyone <laughs> runs towards you. <laughs> flashbang dance party. <laughs> <laughs> Guns, explosions yeah. everywhere. Flashbang dance party. Flashbang <laughs> headbang, I love it. Yeah. Flashbang dance party, yeah. But you, I, think, you get... I think co-op games have awarded have awarded me some of my most entertaining gaming moments, I think. The, the, the most well, enjoyable. Well, one that I remember specifically was whenever I play Payday 2 with you, mm. it seems like you, I'm pretty sure you've still got all the achievements for it, you would you would complete the game, restart your character, get more bonuses, so you mm. would God knows how many levels above, and I wasn't. 
So I, 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 I didn't play it that much. And you'd always set me on Death Match, uh, Death Kill, or Death Wish. Oh, yeah, Death Wish. Death Wish. Yeah. And we've, I remember one in particular, we played a, a, a scenario where you'd have to uh, rob this nightclub. And how you get around the explosions is you would work your way into the pyrotechnics. And whenever you did the pyrotechnics, explosions went on underneath. Oh, the raves. The, the rave one. stadium, yeah. yeah. The stadium, oh, right? Was... And what had happened was the pyrotechnics would go off, and what you tried to do was get there undetected so you could just have a laugh. Now, me being me, I wasn't as stealthy as this guy here. So I was always the one. I was, him and two other guys that were really good at it, that gets seen and I panic. Someone would shoot him, the alarm would go off, and we'd fight our way there. <laughs> I remember the most surreal moment, right, where I'm playing a, I'm, I'm playing a particular build where I've got no armour, but my dodge chance is through the roof. So mm-hmm. it's best for me because I'm, I'm not that, not as well-versed as these guys. And I, I had one, two pistols and a magnum that shot grenade rounds or something. Well, because. Right? The shotgun rounds, oh, the, right? the judge. The judge, the judge right? yeah. So I had that as a pistol backup. And, and I, I had my two sounds, pistols. <laughs> and it was, we were in this booth and there was a pyrotechnics bit and a big window and there was like a t- nightclub. They, they, they had a, an actual DJ create all the music for it. Was it Alesso? Alesso, yeah. And there was two entrances. So it was each entrance, so there'd be G at the front, there'd be me behind the pyro desk, and it'd just, it'd just sit right, push it now, and i push it. Mm. They, we were already alerted, but we had to still do it. And you had the two guys at the side covering, and then G would take out the, um, what they call juggernauts? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd take out the juggernauts, heavily armoured guys, you could only shoot the visor. Right. They're so, basically yeah. the equivalent of, like, they look like bomb squad guys. But they're just heavily armoured, head to foot. Yeah, a nightmare. Right. And it was a really surreal moment because I was waiting for G to say push the button, and while I'm doing that, I'm crouched trying to keep trying to keep out of distance. Mm. And there's him and these two other guys going doom 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 bang up down to the music doom doom and then suddenly wave bang 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 then doom 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 jump in. I just sort of sat there went, "What are you doing?" Join in, so I joined in and instantly got shot. You know, boom. So he revived me. I'd stay crouched because I didn't want to get shot, and then guys just having a rave in front yeah. of me with heavy weaponry, which is weird. Wow, really strange. Well, the the builds you could put together on um, on payday and well, payday two mm. were really <laughs> impressive. Yeah, the the shotgun build was just insane. Yeah, always enjoyed that one. Um, I remember one particular build that you showed me. It was built to take down the juggernauts, and it was, it was you either punched them or you shot them straight out, and the, just the damage multipliers you got was insane, wasn't it? Well, it was. Um, but you were you were like a equivalent of a squishy. You couldn't get hit by anyone else, but you could take. Down yeah, the juggernauts it was, it was a mobility hit. build, but it was based around shotgun skills and stealth skills, which contribute towards your mobility bonuses, and. <laughs> Yes, it suddenly became this shotgun tank where you could take the hardest character, the hardest enemy in the game, these juggernauts, um, and you could one or two shot them ah. easily. All you had to do was just aim at the faceplate. But the way in which the, the character was constructed, your damage multipliers just <laughs> were ridiculous because your first shot, did a ton of damage and stripped a good chunk of armor from the faceplate because it often had multiple plates. But your second shot was boosted from having just fired a shotgun and was also a shotgun. It was like a recurring thing with an explosive shot. round. 
that was that was the uh, judge. That was it. And you would send those juggernauts flying. Good lord! Yeah, I still enjoy that build. Still to this day. I, I remember one specific level that we used to play just constantly, and I can't remember the name of it. It was Hoxton Breakout. That was it. Oh, the one on Death three. Yeah, and oh, it was the, the one thing I'll always remember is what you do is one of the characters um, from the first game. Wasn't it? Yes, Hoxton. Right. You had to break into an FBI building, and he'd search PCs to try and find who set him up. And you'd be in the FBI building. He'd be in this one area, and we'd just be covering a corridor. And it was like very intensive, heavy. I don't know what I'm doing. And then there was Gene, two of the guys shooting him, and there's me feeling like, "What am I doing?" I was basically because I had such high dodge chance, I'd revive people. I tried to. It was an important role. I know you'll probably yeah. play it down, but it was actually a really important role that you played in the, that The sequence. one thing that I always remember is there was always like you, you pick up ammunition from enemies or someone have an ammo bag, yeah. and I tend not to use the judge, uh, the shotgun, with you had like six in the gun and then like 12 spare. So what I did was, I, I told G before, and right, if there's any shield guys, I'll take them out. Mm. He's like, how are you going to do that? And what I did was, I aimed at the feet, shot them, they're explosive, went, wah! That's how I'm going to do it. <laughs> nice one. You know? Yeah, explosive and, rounds yeah, on the floor. Boof, it never worked with the juggernauts. It was, juggernaut! Right, I'm there. <laughs> but it was always just, shield, bang! Boof, you just see him go, wah! <laughs> yeah, you ended up, we started doing trick shots, didn't we? Just shooting through doorways, round corners, onto the wall beside the guy behind the shield. <laughs> and it'd always be someone downstairs and we'd be upstairs and see if you could shoot it and he was just, yep, you'd just see him go, ah! <laughs> we challenge each other for other t- trick shots. Oh. And because it was an explosive round, it wasn't a subject to range difficulties of a normal shotgun within any kind of the game. So, yeah, you had your accuracy fall off, obviously, after it's passed a certain range. However, damage-wise, it was simply an explosion when it actually impacted with a surface. So essentially, so, a grenade launch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so much fun. Trick shots, yeah, oh. off the balconies. That and the, um, the thing beforehand, you had to, you chuck him in a car and the size of it was armoured and you had to protect his car as it was going down the street. The only problem was, by the time you got out there, everyone was already, already alerted. You couldn't do it sneakily. And there's everyone attacking because we're on Death Wish. You had like them and you had like secret service. The only indication you get that they were around was you get a whistle like, oh, the and ghosts. then you get knocked down. That was yeah. it. You'd instantly get knocked down. And it was, if you imagine Sam Fisher from uh, Splinter Cell, they'll look like that. Yeah. And then, it, I mean, more than not, he said, I'm down. Right, I'm on the way. That was it. I'm on the way. Yeah. Right, get up. But he had a skill where he could shout and just pick me up. Ah! Oh, yeah, I'm up. <laughs> yeah, the, the Inspire shout res. It was yeah. amazing. So, yes, you just, and because. The game is written with a mature audience in mind. Basically, <laughs> every time you shout at someone, it's a lot of swearing. And as they increased the character count, so you had characters like um, oh, Clover, the Irish yeah. lady, oh, and Sydney, the um, Australian anarchist. Oh, yeah. Um, and Bonnie. Bonnie as well, the yeah. girl from Scotland. Yeah. Have you, did you notice, actually, the inclusion of all three of those characters upped the swear count of that game yeah. exponentially? That was ridiculous. Ridiculous, but they were the most fun to play with because oh, yeah. they They're had the, hell the abuse. most filthy, oh. filthy dialogue. Yeah. They're just hell abuse, and then you'd have, like, Hoxton. He'd always interact with your characters. And if someone played as John Wick, it was just, oh, John Wick, how's the wife and kids this week? Ooh. Have you seen him? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Have I said something wrong? Have I said something wrong? Why are you being so quiet, John? Yeah. 
That's right up there with um, Tiny Tina in Borderlands 2, isn't it? Just one, one more thing to mention mm. about Payday 2. I seem to remember there was me, you, and two other guys that you played with regularly. And we were doing the mission where you have to either blow up the lab or make meth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were on Death Wish, obviously. And we got the attention of someone. So they were raiding the house. And I I wouldn't normally use any sort of grenade or flashbang or anything. And I bought a, a cowboy pack where you got a repeater, stick of dynamite and something else. And that was equipped. I couldn't remember that I had stick of dynamite equipped. Now, the stick uh, of dynamite yes. was the most powerful explosion. So if you threw it, unless you dived out of the room, the nearby zip code in the country, you were going to get hit. <laughs> right? Now, Bear in mind that the entire map for the cook-off is <laughs> one building one tiny and a, house. a surrounding yard, which is being swamped by FBI attempting to get into the building that you are all in. <laughs> And, Basically, one and, stick and of dynamite th- was everybody's undoing. Yeah. And what, what you do is you go through the, the front door and then you'd have stairs going to the left and the lab would be on the first floor. So we'd all be like up the top of the stairs and throwing stuff or something would be hidden downstairs and what have you. I remember G saying, you've got, you've got grenades thrown. What's, what's the key binding for it? It's number two. So I went, the lights hang on, wait a minute. Boom. <laughs> right. up. Yeah. Then three were down. I had about tiniest bit of health left and it was up to me to try and res one of them while under a full assault mm. which I managed I don't know who it wasn't you but I managed you to res got, someone you would have got Angel up and because he, he, he would have got everyone else he, up. he was at the corner of the stairs yeah. at the bottom corner of the stairs went, whoa, whoa whoa come on come on come on he got up and then I dashed back upstairs and everyone because he had the shout res for yeah. Inspire but, but it was just you just said oh hang on and Guys, run! <laughs> it was ridiculous because the blast zone extended well, well beyond the room in which the explosion took place. It was like the so we, of the, house. the lab was upstairs in this building, and the attack was taking place on the ground floor for the most part. So he threw it down the stairs, out the door, and out the front toward, door, yeah, towards the front door <laughs> where the business end of the assault was, and it took out the room. The people waiting to come into the room, the people in the two rooms above and slightly <laughs> offset from the room in which the explosion took place, two snipers the people on the well. stairs, is ridiculous. <laughs> it was amazing, <laughs> it has to be said, but it was it, ridiculous. It wasn't the fact that I didn't get held abuse at me, it was... What the hell did you just throw? Yeah. I had a dynamite. And just, let's get upstairs. Chuck one again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now that we all know. Clear! Yeah. <laughs> dynamite, of... dynamite at one end of the house, us at the other. But it was it was when you threw a grenade, if you if you threw it far enough, it wouldn't bounce. It just explode. If you threw it close enough, it would bounce. Yeah. With a dynamite, it went... Oh, right. It wouldn't bounce. So I was hoping to bounce it out the front door. It right. got to the door frame and just killed it. The other thing was that in the truest, the truest traditions of dynamite, if you shot it, it blew up quicker. It blew up, <laughs> and of course, there was a lot of people shooting at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Death wish assaults are not to be sniffed at on that game. Um, they are hectic assault balls, but they are fun at the same time. Yeah. See, this is you don't get this for single player games. You can sit down and play something and be like, "Yes, this is fun." I suppose. Yeah, but co-op contains the anarchy that drives most yes. of my game experiences. <laughs> really. However, if, if you're going to do stuff like that, unless you're aiming to annoy a lot of people, you've got to know the people you're playing with. Oh yeah, that's that's the difference, isn't it? Like, yeah. um, if you and Chief were going to play FIFA 
you couldn't run around and tackle everybody just because they were like when we used to play NFL games. <laughs> so I would have Squidgy as one of the, the front line defense mm-hmm. players, and uh, we had a game called because his player managed to damage all of the other players. I, there was, there was, was, it, was it 11 or 12 people in a team? I don't know. Something like 11 or 12 people in their team, mm. and I'd critically injured eight of them. Nice. <laughs> because that reminds. Sorry. Be, go, go on. That, I was just going to say, that reminds me of one summer, me and some of the guys back in my hometown, we got together, and I think it was back in the days where Pez was still in single figures, and there was a thing amongst the options to turn on super fouls, which right. basically just instantly, not just took the, uh, the player down who you tackled, but took them off the field. And was also a red card offence. However, it, it rapidly devolved from any kind of chasing after the ball to chasing after each other and <laughs> attempting to get the other team down to as few players as possible, as quickly as possible. And whoever got them entirely off the pitch was the winner. <laughs> Didn't matter if you obviously got carded off. The object was to <laughs> just to cripple the other team, basically. <laughs> so it went from uh, Pez into Brooks Sports footballing. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. But just just to quickly go back. Um, he, he knew he was in trouble when he said, "Oh, here's, here's a second pad." It was my console, I know, but we're playing. And the first thing I said was, "Which one's the kill it button?" Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't. It wasn't a tackle that I was doing. <laughs> what I was doing was there's a button where you could you're supposed to dive over someone. Right. But if, if they wasn't close, you'd just jump up. So what I was doing was I was running forward. I wasn't supposed to be. I was supposed to be defending. I was running forward, and I was jumping. And what was happening was I was kicking them in the head. Because <laughs> I was jumping that high, yeah. and I was kicking them in the head. Brutal. And he got to a point where he said, hang on, I've just got to create you a character for the next game. <laughs> he created me a character, and he put the most amount of bars on the helmet. And he said, what's that for? He says, to try and keep you caged in. <laughs> keep you caged in. The animal. And we, we, we attempted to do like a season mode on it, and right. my character got banned. <laughs> Flat out banned because I hate too well, many people. Well, me surprised. <laughs> I, mean, each, I mean, each quarter of the game, like actual time was like two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. And we got like a minute in. Mm. Every time we got a minute into the first quarter, and the game got cancelled. Because <laughs> it was just, I just say to him, which one am I going for? Him, right. And that was it. <laughs> Off. Yeah, it was Boom. Another injury, another injury, another injury. <laughs> Rained off from showers of blood. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. They need to do an update to brutal sports football. This, um, they blo- really do. Is it blood, blood sport? Blood bowl. Blood bowl. That's yeah, pretty Warhammer similar to it. It's, it's based on so like, Warhammer. What, Warhammer, Warhammer, Warhammer yeah. Yeah. But it's very similar. Yeah. It's it's not like the brutal sports football we played on the yeah. Jaguar, where if. Because you knew exactly how to get the ball every time. Yeah, so but it, it was essentially Americans, uh, American football, NFL. Mm. But you were encouraged to beat the other team up. Like it wasn't, mm. it wasn't. It was like early nineties. It was based on an Amiga game or an it, Atari it had an eighteen sticker on it. Yeah, well, Put no, it that but, way. no, this was this was before. This was when uh, ratings were voluntary. This was before um, the European, pan-European. Yeah, but it had a warning on the back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was like before Peggy, before BBFD, yeah. all of that stuff. And you could run up to the other players, grab them, and actually, you know, physically beat them. And, until, and you went. Yeah, it was like um, rollable. Yeah, yeah, like that. 
And what you were able to do is you were able to beat them until their head came off. Yeah. Then you could grab the head and go score with their head. You'd have like different factions where you could have like Vikings or lizards or other people. Oh, and if you played as a lizard, you could breathe fire on people. Yeah. Right. If you played as the Vikings, one of your team would start off with an axe mm-hmm. where you could throw. Yeah, yeah. You'd have different things, and then one of them. I, I seem to remember I was going against him, and I knew I wasn't going to win, so mm. I thought I'll just deal as much damage as possible. And I started off on the character that I had had a sword. And I think I decapitated three of his people <laughs> because you run up. It followed the ball, but you run up and you grab it and you go to punch, but you go. <laughs> you grab him by the throat and slice the head off. And then I got three of them down. And then by the time I got the fourth one, it went to the half time thing and you could heal people so much. Mm. Yeah. Two of his people still wasn't on the, on the pitch because they were beheaded. So he was at a, a disadvantage and he still won because I was just trying to kill as many people as possible. <laughs> it was a ridiculous game. Yeah. Ridiculous. I loved it. I mean, it wouldn't stand up into, like, if you oh, sat no. down, if you sat someone down in front of it and said, play this game, they'd be like, what is this? What am I doing? Why did you lock me in this room? But. <laughs> Can I go home now? Yeah. My parents are worried about. <laughs> what do you mean, Paul Gag? Um, no. But. <laughs> but I know what you mean. It's kind of. Dungeon earlier on, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Russell. Mm. Um. But yeah, it's it's sort of it's a even though it was like an early game, it's still a bit much. Oh yeah. For today. I mean, yeah. g- guess, I'm guessing Blood Bowl isn't as bad as that. Well, Blood Bowl had rules. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's a key defining difference right there. <laughs> but I, I, I think that there should be a maybe maybe that's what I should do every episode. I've come up with some really stupid ideas for video games in the okay. past couple of episodes. So, uh, one we of did the last one. The last one was a zombie Tamagotchi, wasn't it? Yes! Zombie Tamagotchi! Right? Now you're sitting there going, oh, I'm listening. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right? Zombie Tamagotchi. You know the end of Shaun of the Dead? Where he goes mm. and sits in the, in the, the shed and plays Time, <laughs> time Splitters 2? How does he keep Ed alive? That, as a game. Right, manage keeping him alive and maybe coaxing people in so they could get munched or whatever. That would be brilliant as a I silly know. little video game. And one of the things could be you're playing uh, an actual game with him that you've got to get high scores on. And every so often you see his face getting close to yours and going, it's like, no! Yeah, like, yeah. just that, just zombie management. Feed the zombies. Zombie Tamagotchi. Something like that. That would be brilliant. <laughs> right? And the other one I came up with was um, a Japanese dating simulator with the cast of Friends. Because I think that could really work. Because you could make... like, Can you imagine Ross, right? He's all super cute. But you have to be... You know, you've got to... The point of the game is not to get him a girlfriend. Right? The point of the game for him is to sabotage any relationship he's in. That's exactly it. That's that's what you've got to do. You cut... So you get a choice. Like, go go for a date normally, nice and calm. Or do something stupid. And you pick this, do something stupid, and you get to the next level. Yeah, and you get to their their apartment, and you wear leather pants. Yes. And you take them off, and you can't get them back on. You try and use talcum powder, and you're smacking yourself in the face with it. Exactly. Like, like, yes. Yeah. Or you just get really angry over someone eating your sandwich. My sandwich. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like that, yeah. But that you know that could work. I think that maybe that could work. But yeah, what was I saying? I was saying something stupid. Bro- yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I'm as shocked as you are. <laughs> And I'm not easily shocked. Yeah, well, brutal sports football. Brutal. 
Brutal sports football. Brutal sports football. Brutal sports. Just like Mario and the Local club leagues have really become a violent place. Just sort of like Mario from Super Mario 3 in the boot. You're all stuck in the boot jumping. No, um, so brutal sports football. Yeah, Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah, brutal sports football, the remake. I think that needs to happen. And then you can make brutal sports ice hockey. Where you could take, like, you could, you could kiss from a point where you go, take off an ice, ice skate, just slice people up. <laughs> just a random. Has to be a Mexican team. Tangentially though. related aside here, the other day, um, one of the people I follow on Facebook is Drew Wagar, who's an author. He wrote the two of the best novels um, based around the Elite Games universe. Um, and specifically around Elite Dangerous and the law from the latest game. Um, and he's moved away from that um, for various reasons. But for the first time in ages, I saw a post from him the other day. And it was just a, a, a metaphorical, um, in air quotes, a metaphorical, what if, what if I was to write a game about another... Uh, sorry, not a game, and another novel, but based around another game that you've played. What would you recommend? And loads of people were coming up with like Last of Us and Halo and quite sort of well-known um, and well-respected universes. Uh, and obviously, I took it upon myself to suggest Manic Miner and Hungry Horace Goes Skiing. <laughs> Immensely, immensely gratified by the fact that Drew Wagar liked my suggestion <laughs> and responded with a quote from Hungry Horace Goes Skiing about why is the ski shop on the other side of the road? <laughs> and it was just like, wow. And I was just like, exactly. Deep, rich characters, political intrigue. This is the precise sort of thing you've been writing about, but within an entirely new context. It could work so well for you, Drew. So coming soon. Yeah, I think he's going to go for it. Honestly, I do. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to cover the royalties, but merely a dedication would be sufficient. <laughs> What's the point in asking a question like that if you're expecting a serious answer? Good grief. Wow. Yeah, there were plenty of Jet Set Willy recommendations, actually, but I had to go older, old school, and go for Manic Minor. Yes. Start at the beginning. Okay, so I have to repeat a question to you, considering you've had time to think. Oh, God, oh, yeah, the worst okay, game. Yeah, well, worst game. obviously... Can you give us, like, two? Yeah, one or two. If just one or, or even just one. Worst games. Or, or maybe just a game that you have said, nope, never again. I'm not... Just, yeah, that might be Just yeah. get out of this. Yeah, you tried once, obsolete. you wasn't into it, and then you said, nope, table flip, that's it, adios. Goodbye, or, I'm out of 5,000. Or you thing. played it for a while, you got really far, and then something happened in the game, you're like, nope. Nope, it wasn't worth it. A game over. Now you see, I've had various experiences, which um, I mean, we all know that. Really? <laughs> Steady on. We Steady do. On. <laughs> you mean the backstory stuck? <laughs> Excellent. I shall alert Control. <laughs> Dear Control, I don't think I escaped the lab. <laughs> Anyway, that's right. Um, Dear 762, they still no, suspect I've, nothing. I've, exactly. <laughs> I've had, obviously, various gaming experiences, some of which have... Um, scarred you, boys. Scarred me, and some of which have... 
one of the ones that made me seriously doubt my ability to play a game. It would have to be dun, 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 The Last of Us. Ooh. And it's, just, not, just like, it's not a negative thing at mm. all. It is, I mean, the intro to that game oh. is heavy. God, I hate you in the fields, don't it? <sighs> I had a two-week absence between the prologue and actually playing the game. That's this is it. Affected me. We had the highs. Um, have you played or at least seen part I've of seen the intro? The first, yeah. Right, so the the intro sequence where you're playing as the daughter, creeping around the house, freaking out because the world's going to shit rapidly around you. Um, and she gets downstairs... And it starts off and she's just she can't sleep and she goes downstairs. Yeah. And then it's summer on but the news. And then a neighbour comes but over. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Not the neighbour comes over. Joel comes crashing through the window of the, the, the glazed window. Didn't you hear a noise outside though? Because yeah, she hears she hears stuff going on outside. Because it's his birthday, isn't it? Yeah. She gets him a present, yeah. So Joel comes crashing through the window and obviously it's a major jump scare. Now my other half, she was stood to one side watching um, while I played. She enjoys gaming herself every now and again, if you find the right titles for her. Um, and she loves a good story. And good God, don't Naughty Dog know how to get a story going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that moment arrived. Joel comes crashing through the window and my other half leapt into the air. And not just like, ah, she literally screamed. <laughs> it got her so good. Now that immediately made me laugh. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm well, you me. you do, don't you? Yeah. Exactly. Right? Anyone wants yeah. <laughs> right? I'm not brilliant with jump scares, I'll admit. However, I don't jump physically off the floor and scream. <laughs> So obviously that made me chuckle, and then we get to the the clincher. Yeah. Spoiler mm. alert. Daughter gets killed. It's, it's now at the time that I first picked this game up, me and my other half, our daughter was about a year old. Yeah, just over a year old, I think. Yeah. And. We were still in a very emotional place, very emotionally raw. We didn't have an easy time of it. So it was very, very involved for us. Anything to do with kids and daughters especially. And it got to the point where Sarah gets shot and I physically, my mouth hung open and I put the controller down and I just put my face, my hands to my face and I turned to the missus and just said, you know, I'm not sure... I'm cut out to play this game. And I had to take a good five minutes to regather myself and go back to it after that point. It really rocked me. Mm. Really, really. And I was literally stunned by the impact of that moment. So, yeah, I mean, if there was a game that made me go, God damn, I can't play this. For, for certainly for a little while, that was one. However, on the sort of negative aspect, obviously I would be remiss if I didn't really say No Man's Sky. <laughs> oh, just a quick thing before you go mm. on about No Man's Sky. You know, at the beginning when you get the circle, 
Is this on No Man's Sky? Yeah, you know, yeah. the first time you load it, yes. and then it says, you get the, like, the image, and then you, you hold X or the equivalent button, and it starts. Well, Ike's friend got it, and because he didn't quite get it, he thought that was a loading screen. Oh. And he left it on for eight hours. Dear listener, you can't see this, but I'm holding my hand up because I also believed it to be a loading screen. <laughs> and there was no prompt upon the screen to tell you to press anything. It was just like sort of circle and starfield coming yeah. towards you. And I just sat there thinking, loading screen. And after about 10 minutes, I was just like, is this thing on? <laughs> and I pressed something and suddenly it started to do. I, I can honestly say that for me, if I hadn't dropped the pad and the screen hadn't moved, I'd have sat there as well. Oh my God. How bad? I mean, I, I knew that this game was badly, like, Everything, everything about this game was bad. But for the user interface to be that bad, just at the beginning, yeah. People have that you guys like because I never played it because I knew it was going to be terrible. Because you know when they were like, "Yes, you can do all of these things," and then three days before it was released, "Yes, you can't do any of those things." But please, still buy our game. <laughs> and people still went, "Yeah, okay, we'll still buy it. You're not going to give us the game we wanted, but okay." And then for it to be that bad, like the user interface to be mm. that badly designed, that you have to sort of fumble your way into the... That's just terrible. But, but There's the, no excuse for that. I can understand if you wait 10 or 20 minutes, but this guy waited half a day. Well, yeah, because, you, like you say, Jay, there's, if there's no prompt on screen... <laughs> exactly. You know what you're I at. probably would have fell for it if I hadn't dropped the pad on the floor because exactly. the screen changed and I pushed buttons and it came yeah. up with a prompt. Exactly. Oh, yeah, really? I, found, I found No Man's Sky to be... Certainly on initial tasting... Um, to be visually <laughs> quite beautiful. I, I liked it. I had no inkling that it was going to be so intensely a survival game, along with base building. Not my favourite genre. <laughs> yeah. And then the news, the negative press just kept on creeping out creeping out and creeping out and it got to the point where they said yes it is multiplayer and if you go you know you and your friends can find each other in the same space in the universe then you can play you can see each other and yet there was footage released of two guys going to the same planet at the same time the same point on the same planet and neither was visible oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah it was um it was it was it was a bit naff yeah to say the least um, it was enjoyable I mean I I was quite lucky I had I got some Steam credit for Christmas so you got so I didn't actually buy it yeah. um, but it was a case of I got so far into it and at that point I just got my gaming laptop mm-hmm. so it was something to test it on I was playing it for a while and the thing that clinched it for me for No Man's Sky is there's there's a level of progression that you've got to do so it is there Sort of like, you know the tutorials where you get like the widescreen thing and it tells you your oh, next yeah, objective? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is, you don't know where to go to get the next sort of objective. It's all just like oh. a tutorial thing. So I got to a point where I left the first planet, got onto the second one after returning to the same planet four times because the map on the bottom was crap, the spaceship. Mm-hmm. So I finally got to the next planet and they said, you've got to go to the next solar system. You, okay, how do I do that? Give me a, a hint, just a little hint. I'll work the rest out myself. I go to a specific guy who's selling stuff and it comes up on the window so I buy the wrong thing waste all my credits because yeah. I don't know what I'm clicking at because the user interface 
goes. And it says you've got to make this starship fuel. Yeah, you've got to have three types of fuel, for God's sakes. One just to get off the ground. Yeah, one to get off the ground, one to planet hop, and one to, like, solar system hop. And I was planet hopping. And I kind of knew where the stuff was. But every time I went vaguely anywhere near it, the widescreen bit would come up. And I'd be hopping between things, so I'd miss a jump, face plant somewhere, (laughs) nearly die, then something would get me from the side. And then it'd sort of be like, it wouldn't tell me what the objective was, because it was reloading a past save, so I didn't know where it was, and it'd come up randomly. So, if it would have a set point to where it goes, right, this is what you've got to do, here's a hint, go off. That would have been great, but it was just, it was more like a, it tried to do it as like a, a cinematic experience where it go widescreen, you know, top of the bottom of the screen, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it'd just give you like a vague hint or do this next, or whatever, which, which was alright. I could see the guy coming up with it thinking, yeah, this is a good idea, but when you're playing it, you're trying to get on. Yeah. Especially if you want to know what to do next and you're not just planet hopping. I think certainly the original, the vanilla release, was bad. It was horrible. Um, it was improved somewhat with the major, major update that they put out um, shortly after. <laughs> update. Um, which addressed a bunch of issues within the game, but certainly it was the inclusion of a new game mode that was less survival and more just you could potter about and not worry about that. You know, you could farm via materials to build and improve things, but it wasn't the pressing issue, the the driving force. And I, I understand there are a lot of people really enjoy survival games. There wouldn't be a whole genre about it otherwise. Minecraft wouldn't exist. <laughs> but... Say the very least. Yeah. It was... Back in the day where I first started to experience Elite. Mm. Which, okay, so you have to farm for your materials for engineers, but that's it. Other than that, Elite was similar in its kind of bare-bones lack of story presenting itself to you. (laughs) You know, Elite just plonks you in a tiny ship, says, here you go, here's like, Five grand pats you on the ass and tells you to bugger off into the universe. <laughs> if and that's it. That's your tutorial. Right. Now, uh, I, I know from personal experience, I've only played so much of Elite Week, hmm. and I've got the flight control there to prove it. But there's two things that I just want you to mention. Hmm. Right? First of all, is if you're not playing by yourself, if you're playing like the open game, yeah. other players you can interact with. Them. Okay. Or mm-hmm. you could. So I'm in shoot. my ship. Yeah, so you could you could you could interact with them, you could work together, you could shoot them down, you could do all sorts, Mm -hmm. right? So there's the story of the interdicting with uh, "Tell me a joke," I'd like you to tell, right? (laughs) And the second one, I'd like you to tell when I joined you and there was those two other people. I can't remember the names, but while I was trying to get to you, you were describing how you and how the two other guys were interacting. And you were basically, you were in very expensive ships trying to bump into each other. Oh, It's just yeah. how you were actually described it. And if you can't remember, Yuki I Yuki and Predator. Yuki yeah. and Predator. Uh, Predator's an old, well, I said, in, in, in internet terms, he's an old friend of mine. Um, <laughs> so you've known him for 30 seconds. Then. Approximately, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I bumped into Predator. He was, again, an accidental random back on Left for Dead. Um, and... He discovered that my soul is dark and sticky, and that made him laugh, and we became fast friends for a long time. Um, and we kind of 
drifted onto different games and stopped playing together for a long time. And then I picked up Elite and he had been playing for quite some time already and was immediately, oh, I mate, because he's from Basildon. Poor lad. Um, we don't hold that against him. <laughs> somebody has to, though. <laughs> well, you do that, we won't. But yeah, so he, he immediately popped up back him, in yeah. my messages <laughs> and um, got me into the game. And then he introduced me to another guy that had really helped him progress within the game, and that's Yuki. Um, Yuki's a, a fantastic, funny German guy. Um, I have a lot of time for him. Very funny guy. Um, and he also happens to be something of a numbers cruncher when it comes to um, particularly ship builds within Elite. I mean, how best to engineer your vessel for optimum performance for the roles that you're attempting to fulfil. Because it has a bazillion, well, not a bazillion, but it has a lot of different roles that you can occupy. It's a very free-form, organic um, experience within Elite. And I got into one of the higher-end ships. Squidgy here had just really recently begun to play, and he was attempting to get to grips with... I was just trying to fly in a straight line, to be honest. His own yeah. ludicrous controller that he'd purchased. <laughs> well, um, I, I didn't go mouse and keyboard. I just went straight into flight controls. Yeah. Just really quickly with this controller, you'll see the pictures, but you have like... Um, is it yoke? Well, it's a hotas, isn't it? Hands-on yeah, throttle hotas. and stick. So you've got a thruster on the left, which you can you can change the resistance on it, so you can do it slow and whatever. Yeah. It's got a million buttons, switches, and all sorts. So it looks like uh, a proper thing. Is it a million or 12, 12, billion? Twelve trillion. Twelve billion. Twelve billion. Look, get it right, gentlemen. It's okay. twelve bajillion. Twelve bajillion. <laughs> My apologies. We have to right. be scientific. So, about exactly. So it's, it, 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 Accuracy is everything. So, so unfortunately, <laughs> you could only play this like. Um, the, the, the joystick, the actual movement naming is in your right hand. So you had that on the right, that on the left. And the one on the right, I remember playing, playing with G and we were playing for, playing for a good three or four hours, right? And I'd, I was really gentle with the joystick. I'd trying to set things up. I had stickers all over it and I couldn't turn. So on the thruster, you had a, a dial on the top. So I had that as a left and right. So it made flying a little awkward, but I eventually got got used to it. So that's the... Oh, yeah. the yaw. Yeah, the yeah. yaw. So it had like a dial on it. It was meant to be for like um, thruster levels. You could set for certain thruster levels to automatically do it. I remember it got to a point where I'd, I'd, I just attend in my chair. And I was talking, I went really quiet. And he asked me, what's up? And I said, the joystick turns. Oh, well, right, yeah. Said, you can grip it and turn it to turn? Yeah, it doesn't... It- it, it doesn't just lean left Yeah, you right could turn it as well to turn the ship. Yeah, yeah. And I think I went off on a 15-minute rant trying to, <laughs> trying to find a thousand different yeah. ways to say the word bugger. <laughs> you nearly succeeded as well. And I, nearly, I, I came up with a lot of them. <laughs> and then my flying improved a little more. There, some, there were a few that I hadn't even heard, and I'm from Norfolk. <laughs> Yeah, some of them involving gerbils, but we won't go that far. Because um, I got them from the bee, and he came up with some very inventive ways to say the word gerbil. But yeah, um, so, sorry to interrupt you. You were saying no, you're good, you're good. You stuff. So yeah, Squidgy here was still coming to terms with um, <laughs> gripping his stick, so to speak. <laughs> the level of buggery involved. Indeed. The level of buggery, yes, the, as, it, as it were. Indeed. Um, indeed. 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 <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, 
So he was um, attempting to kind of careen his ship out of dock and not get exploded and find out how to get to us. And we Harder were just, than it sounds. Yeah, it is. It's quite... It's, it's, it's a malleable but very unforgiving game in a lot of ways. Yes, it is. You know, you can push against the walls of it so far before eventually the wall falls on you uh, a lot. Heavily. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those stations do not mess about. If you loiter too long, that's it. The, the, the docking bay missiles just open up and you are destroyed. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, no loitering. If you have a 100 credit bounty on you or a fine, you're dead. Oh, right. Okay. And they're indestructible. So there's nothing you can do. Many people have tried taking out You can ghost well. your way in by requesting docking, and then if you get scanned even slightly, just immediately go to um, stealth mode, which is good because it prolongs the duration of any scan upon you. Um, and makes new scans virtually impossible to begin. Can I just really quickly But it builds your heat up. Yeah. Cool. Uh, just to really quickly jump in, I'll give Good Program an idea of how hard just docking was on certain stations. <laughs> now, certain stations, the one I had in particular that I was revolving around, was a sphere. And you got so far in, and then your, your speed got locked, and you had to request docking clearance, so you did that. And the sphere was constantly moving. Okay. Right. And when you went into it, you had a gap where you had to get in. The letterbox. Okay. Yeah. The letterbox gap. So if you remember Captain Sky up, yeah, it's constantly you know where you had to spin. Yeah, yeah. Now imagine you're doing that, but your craft is going one way. Yes. The, the orb's going another way and spinning. Oh, now remember right. that you've got a HOTAS controller that you still haven't got to grips with. Yes. And you're trying to get in. As other players are zipping in and out at the speed of sound. It's all the air for five minutes. Wait, wait, wait. She's five trying to minutes. get in. We're probably the first two weeks of you playing after you got that stick. Everything was a 15 minute excursion into the controls <laughs> to figure out which button he decided. I, I do remember the first time you set me down with it. I was like, this is amazing. There's like 12,000 buttons on this and almost as many LEDs. What does that one do? And you went, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I fucked it and nothing happened. Yeah. So so n- not all the controls were binding, that's why. But I remember for the first couple of weeks, there was Gene, the two of the guys, they had to t- what they do is they take me out into an excursion where the stuff was going on, there'd be bounties. They'd they'd take down so much of it and I'd get the last shot. So I'd get yeah, credit. So long as he took a hit within well, took a shot within ten, a certain seven, yeah. tick window. If they exploded, then he got a share of the bounty. It was awesome. It's a great way to make money as a beginner. If you have all, if you have friends who are already um, progressing within the game and established, then you just form a wing in a private group. So it's the equivalent of a closed lobby, and you can have your friends in there. You form your wing, and that's how you make a lot of money very quickly I, I can if you want to get it. flight experience as well. The first two weeks when they take me out and get all sorts of bounties, I get a lot of credits. A good 80% of those credits went towards charges at the dock when I was smashing into things and other people. Yeah. And it went towards that. And we're talking each bounty was like maybe 40,000, 50,000 credits. I was crashing that much. Yeah. And then it get to a point where I'd be, well, you get like the docking part and you get like a little... A little thing at the bottom where you could see your, your craft and you could 
lean it in and on the joystick it had a second little joystick yeah and that was the first thing I mastered I went hang on wait a minute wait a minute oh yeah that was the first thing I did Mm -hmm. so I crashed like hell trying to get in bounce off everything like a pinball then I get over the landing pad and I do it perfect yeah Yeah. (laughs) here's here's your fees oh for god's sake I need another run the problem is though right before you even figured out how the game worked you decided to get this 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 on the one hand as a gamer and as someone who was and still is quite heavily involved with Elite Dangerous, I was insanely jealous. And there was a part of me when he was talking about it was just like, yeah, do it, do it, go get it, buy it, buy it, go on, do it. If you've got the money, do it. And there was also a part of me that was laughing relentlessly <laughs> because I run a dual flight stick setup. I don't have, um, throttle. Uh, the way that most people would consider it. So, because you're not flying within atmospheric space, so you are truly operating within 3D. And it, it becomes so much more excellent for me the moment that you've got one stick controlling your standard flight controls and then the other stick controlling your horizontal and lateral thrusters. So suddenly you're just skating sideways in a ship that's 30 stories tall (laughs) (laughs) rolling (laughs) as you've boosted sideways through the slot into the dock and then you just kind of perfectly pivot the engines at the last instant and boost yourself to a standstill and then just get neatly to your slot in the docking bay the sunglasses come down deal with it absolutely in his case what he'd do is he'd boost and he'd come out of light speed Mm. and he'd I watched him and he went, watch this. And he, 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 there was like a space station and he was like really close to it and he'd stop just in front of it at a light speed and cruise in and then just land. <laughs> yeah. And there's me thinking, I'll never get like that. And this is, let me try it. And I just go, boom, bounce off it into a different atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it wasn't just him. The other two guys who were playing as well were doing exactly the same. One guy went in, he strafed in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have literally seen Pred go through in the, the uh, Federal Corvette, which is one of the largest ships in the game. It's within the game, the players call the Federal Corvette and the Imperial Cutter and the Anaconda. They are the big three. The Anaconda is my one of the ships that I fly. And as I say, the, the Conda's like 30 stories of death. It's an all-round vehicle that excels in every field that you could possibly build it for. Um, not with the same sort of level of excellence as a ship which is expressly designed to fulfil one role, but as a ship which can fulfil multiple roles, dependent on what modules you stick in it, it is amazing. Pred was flying his uh, Corvette, and I have seen him, as you approach to within a certain radius of the dock, the speed restriction is 100, whatever, 100 units of speed, whatever they call that, which is rather slow, to be honest, real space, uh, which is pitifully slow. So yes, I have seen him boost through the slot in a federal Corvette, which has a turning circle of about three weeks. Uh, and literally, he just flick flight assist off. Now, flight assist for non-flyers, um, literally, it's a flight computer which computationally corrects your spin, drift, thrust, whatever. 
So if you pitch up, when you release the stick, it reduces your upward pitch rotation to a zero effect. So you remain pointed in the direction that you left yourself pointed at. When you switch flight assist off, there is no computer correcting with um, contrary thrusters. So you will literally just spin on that axis until you counter it personally, which, frankly, is the equivalent of playing Wipeout in like the hood ornament view. It's insane. Um, it takes a great deal of practice, but once you can do it, you look like a badass. I'll, there is so no denying it. This this is the same guy that I, I remember. While you you had to nip out and do something, I was left mm. on them there talking yeah. to both of them. Yeah. And while you were out, he said, "Are you near the space station?" I was out just outside the part where it slowed you down. Mm. And I think it was Predator said, "Watch this." Get in the right position. He waited for me to get in position. He said, watch this. And he boosted in and he got to like the 100 part and he went, do you want, do you want to see me show off? And I said, go on then. And he barrel rolled through the slot. Wow. <laughs> Didn't stop. Full speed. Just went straight through. Wow. Now, the thing is that these ships are so wide. The Anaconda, basically, that one of the key phrases when you, when you first get into an Anaconda, it's such a vastly vast ship compared to anything that you've been in up until that point, most people immediately are repulsed by it. It's such a slow turner. It takes ages to get up to speed. It takes ages to stop. And critically, when you're coming out of the Coriolis, the the, the larger spherical stations with the docking sections inside, everybody prangs it the first few times. And the reason is that previously you've been in small to medium-sized craft, which when you compare them to the Anaconda, the Anaconda is a two to four times bigger than a medium craft. And the small craft, you could carry one in your docking bay quite easily. They're tiny compared to it. So they, they have a lot of wiggle room, and you can really piss about in the docking bay in a small ship and in a medium ship. But if you try and roll an anaconda through the docking slot, you will get wedged. End of story. And when people first take an anaconda out of the station upon buying it, the first thing they comment on, if you go on any of the forums, is what a nightmare it is to get the thing out of the station. And most people will agree... If, as an anaconda pilot, you are not physically ducking when you are going out of the station, <laughs> then you are too damn low. Now, right? Now, End with, of story. Now, with that, what G just said, this is the same guy in that ship who barreled roll through it wow. while the while the station was spinning. He barreled wow. roll through it perfectly. Ridiculous, ridiculous right. spin. Anyway, enough. Get, get back to the two stories. Right. So, okay. yeah. Basically, it had got to the point where um, Pred and Yuki uh, knew that Squidge was on his way over to meet us. Um, And we were quite happy to just loiter. And as often happens amongst experienced gamers in a cooperative environment, we began to dig about mightily. And now, b- before he describes exactly what happened, I'll tell you the tr- description I got, and this is why I tried to rush to him. 
he was laughing and then he mm. said you should see this it's like two anacondas smashing in the ocean no I'm not anacondas Honestly, two it was... orcas it's like two orcas smashing against each other in the ocean I said which one likes me I need to see this <laughs> I was trying to get there it just got to the point where you kind of top gun it for a little while and you know you you buzz the tower but in this case the tower is your friend in their big fully mobile death stations and yeah eventually it just got to the point where Yuki was like I'm just gonna nose bump him (laughs) and so that was it he would fly off until he got enough distance to get up to full full speed in real space and then he would pump all of his pips for power management into shields and engines and boost as fast as he could into Predator's ship. Um, and Pred basically played the game. And I was in a smaller ship at this point, so I just watched <laughs> <laughs> and laughed. There is there there are a few things more graceful than the Imperial Cutter, which is a sleek, beautiful, svelte, curvy. Uh, it just really it looks wonderful. Um, but yeah, there, there are a few things so <laughs> spectacularly funny as seeing it just <laughs> nose first into the topside canopy of your unsuspecting friend who <laughs> had just been sitting there. He didn't tell anyone he was going to do it. <laughs> he just did it. <laughs> he just kind of went, yeah, I'll be back in a sec. Right here I am. <laughs> Here's Johnny. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. It, and that's what they do. They just get to the point where these ships, I mean, the Anaconda's the cheaper of the three options, and that costs just the ship itself, costs within the game 145, 46 yeah. million credits. And you start out with. You do jobs for one a or of two thousand, thousand credits. Well, okay, so you've got to put loads of effort. You in put in a lot of grind and effort. I remember. Um, I can't remember what the second story I said to us, but I remember when I was in the the first ship, the Asp, mm. and then um, Yuki taught me through getting the next one along, the quicker one. Mm. And he, he, he told me which weapons to get so that I could join the battles and stuff. Mm. And I remember going out the docking station. And uh, G said to me, go on, full thruster. And I, I said, it's, it's turning. It's turning. It's too much. It's too fast. Too f- How do I? Too fast. And I, I, I pinballed between boulders and chips. Ding, ding, ding. What? Whoa, hang on. Wait a minute. And because because I didn't quite know what the controls were, I turned off flight assist. So anywhere that I turned, I kept turning. So, whoa, oh. wait, wait. <laughs> Any touch on the stick with flight assist off yeah. is mayhem. And then I found out which one it was. And then I remember G saying, get back in your other one. I think I will, yeah. yeah. I've just got to get there. And I, I was psyching myself up to go a short distance back to the spaceship. <laughs> but then I had to dock again. <laughs> oh, no. In a faster, slightly bigger craft. Was, no, no. Oh, God, no. I'm gonna... Ding, 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 ding. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go back to the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the small ships especially, because they are predominantly canopy, power plant, engines. They really throw you about. If you yank around on the stick, then you will probably pay the consequences, especially with flight assist off. Light touches. I learned that the hard way. Bouncing off everything in sight, including other players I didn't know. (laughs) Whoa, wait a minute! But yeah, I mean, we got to the point where... um, 
again, we, we were supposed to be mining the surface of planets and stuff, trying to pick up minerals to do some engineering to improve the vehicles, uh, the vessels. But then, after a while, you know, you kind of, this can't, this isn't all that I want to do with the game tonight. So, you suddenly realize there's a bunch of you all in a friendly space in the six wheeled low G equivalent of a dune buggy <laughs> and no police. <laughs> <laughs> so what the hell, what the hell do you do other than race? <laughs> and because visually, um, certainly after some of the updates, um, that introduced planetary landings, some of the planetary surfaces are incredible. Uh, Mount Neverest is 15 kilometers to the top. <laughs> um, and you can do it in one of these little SRVs. And the view is spectacular. So you can find some real visual feasts, um, not just out in the depths of space, but just on the planet of what looks on, on the surface of what looks like a sort of rock ball planet. But yeah, we, it got to the point where I was in a vehicle, I had just moved up and I had done so breaking one of the cardinal rules of Elite Dangerous. Never fly without rebuy. Oh yeah. Now <laughs> I didn't have enough money to upgrade my new vessel and I had had to sell my previous vessel to buy the new hull, um, which breaks my personal second rule. If you are selling to buy up, then you can't afford the ship that you're buying up into. Just, just real quick, you just mm. explain what rebuy is. Real quick, rebuy is a form of insurance for all intents and purposes, um, based on the total value of your vessel. Um, you pay a certain percentage of that value should anything cataclysmic happen to your ship. So you get blown up, um, and at the last station that you docked at, you are presented, well, you're presented with a rebuy screen, and you can either opt for the complementary Sidewinder, the starting vessel, which is, uh, is it a one or two-man vessel? One-man. It's only one-man, one man, the first one. It's the basic, it is minuscule. <laughs> Yeah, you can opt for the free one or for, dependent on various um, factors within and without the game. So if you backed it from Kickstarter, you got a percentage reduction on your rebuy um, at a certain stage of backing. Um, but you pay your percentage. Uh, so my rebuy on my ship, because it's currently worth half a billion, is about... 45 because of various discounts that I get. So I pay 45 million if my ship explodes and I get a like for like replication of the ship that I was in. Um, so yeah, I was in a situation where I was breaking this cardinal rule, never fly without rebuy because if you do fly without rebuy and something happens to your ship, you don't have your ship anymore. You are stuck in, Whatever ships you had previously within your, uh, your fleet, or you are stuck in a worst case scenario in the sidewinder that you get given, which is horrible. Heartbreaking. I've done it twice. 
But yeah, so I was in this situation. I couldn't afford to upgrade the ship. I couldn't afford an SRV bay. So I didn't have um, my little dune buggy to go pooling about on the surface with them. However, what I did have was a far more devious mind than either of them, a greater eye for detail, and a finesse that they had no idea existed. Because they were dicking about at the top of a seven-kilometre cliff face, trying to push each other off whilst pretending to enjoy the view in their little SRV buggies. What they didn't notice was the fact that I was in my Asp Explorer, which is quite a sort of... It's like a a flat ship. It's quite a broad, pentagon-shaped ship. And most importantly, it's quite a wide shape. So whilst they were dicking about trying to kill each other that way, I simply floated on above and was like, yeah, you guys look, looks really cool. I wish I was recording this, especially now. Because what I did at that point was I dropped my ship to the surface <laughs> and destroyed both their SRVs with them in them. <laughs> because, hey, if you're going to exclude me from your fun, I'm going to make my own fun. <laughs> what, was, what was the... Um... Now I remember the second part. The um, <coughs> told me about people being interdicted and then being oh, threatened with jokes. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially some of them. Some there of the was a, a whole series of people posting on various um, forums and social media comic interdictions because you can drag other players out of their faster than light um, cross system travel to real space. Um, and if you're playing as a pirate, you can demand X tons of cargo having scanned what they're carrying. So, you, you know, give me five tons of gold, 10 tons of paynite, whatever. And there are people who role play exclusively as pirates within the game. And when you're playing in open, it's something that you're very aware of. However, there are also a great deal of idiots and jokers. So, for example, there was somebody posted up a, a screen capture of the chat log between him and the guy who had interdicted him, dragged him into real space and was threatening him. He says, you know, proper set the scene up as well in the description. He was talking about how he just had time to correct, because when you're dragged out by the interdictor, then... Um, your ship proper tumbles into real space and he'd just begun to get his bearings and the guy had already closed up and was basically cockpit to cockpit but with his weapons drawn and he goes you need to answer this question very carefully think really hard before you answer pizza or kfc And the guy, obviously the victim of this whole thing, was bricking it and was expecting to be robbed, destroyed, relentlessly um, pursued. Um, but no, he was simply asked for a dinner time, a mealtime choice. There was somebody else posted one where he had uh, he'd been interdicted. Um, and again, he was expecting either immediate silent destruction without a word of uh, communication or piracy demands. In fact, what he got was a demand for his best joke. <laughs> and the guy 
he did what we call the Brave Sir Robin. He turned tail and ran, uh, referencing to Monty Python, obviously. Brave Sir Robin ran away. No! Bravely ran away, away. I didn't! When danger reared its ugly head, he bravely turned his tail no! and fled. Yet Brave Sir Robin turned about. I didn't! And he chickened out, bravely taking I never did! His feet a very brave retreat. Oh, no! He, yeah, he, he turned tail. Bolts um, and immediately goes back into hyperspace, tries to get away as quickly as possible. However, within the game, there are scanners that you can attach to your ship which enable you to track people as they make these jumps. So the guy just kind of gets hold of him, catches up with him again, interdicts him again, and goes, No, seriously. <laughs> You tell me your best joke now. To which our brave victim simply types, your life, mate, <laughs> and does another brave Sir Robin. And the other guy just goes, yeah, all right. <laughs> Let's him go. So you get a bunch of idiots in. What was the one with the formation thing? He said they did mm-hmm. a, a, a choreographed formation thing. Do you remember? To, to clown music or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My God, that was a... I don't know if the video is still up, but um, yeah, he got interdicted, and as he gets pulled into real space, he's horrified by the sight of a small fleet of, I think he said it was like 8 to 12 vessels. It was a considerable easy death for him. He just thought it was over. Um, And instead, because when you're within local space, you can transmit pilot to pilot over voice comms, Somebody was playing. <laughs> and they started doing flight assist off cartwheels and displays <laughs> in front of him. The music finished. They all leveled up, got back in formation, and just buggered off into the distance and left him there. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Where where else could you find this level of lunacy if not in games? That is mad. The, the musical accompaniment was what really made it. I mean, you see, like, the Destiny teams who do, like, the dance videos and stuff and shoot the weapons, do the supers and everything. But this is people in gigantic spaceships, which is a whole other level. Yeah. So, just just two quick things before, because this is bearing on. Just as a size difference, the the Sidewinder compared to the big one, because you, you got the massive ship in the end, didn't you? I've got it, the Anaconda, it, which it look, is one It of looks the something three. along the, 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 the lines of a Star Destroyer from Star Wars. Yeah, right. the anaconda is right. yeah. Now it now this is sort of size difference. The sidewinder is a toy car. The anaconda is um, a battle fleet style naval ship that lands ships. Oh, That's wow. the so difference. It's like, a, like an aircraft carrier. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, so, it's huge. So aircraft carrier, toy car. Wow. Right, that's the difference, and I've, I've, I've seen you do all sorts of tricks in yours. Yeah. Um, I still cherish... It, it was you, wasn't it, who um, you were still in your sidey at that point, and I said, yeah, I'm coming into the system now, and it was one of the first times that I'd met up with you in the game. Yeah. 
I did say, as I popped into view, I will warn you, I'm in the big ship. At which point, I had just positioned myself so that Squidge was here, and I just kind of rose in front of him. (laughs) Now, his ship is about... Well, my ship would be the equivalent of my forearm with my fingers extended, and his ship would be the equivalent of my fingernail on my other hand. So I occupied his entire screen, and all all that happened over the voice comms was I immediately was just thinking of like that moment where you're the you're the wildebeest or the gazelle at the watering hole, and then you just see the the crocodile pops up on the surface just in front of you. But obviously, it was just like as soon as I popped into his view, Squidge was just like. Dun, dun, dun. I couldn't help it. And it wasn't just that, he rose up and then his lights came off. Yeah, obviously. Right. I started dramatic to back effect. up to try and see the full thing of his ship and then he went, oh, watch this. I heard a click and all his weapons went... Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. I surrendered. Don't, don't. Compared to anything that the Sidewinder can offer, unleashing the... Well, just... Uh, just getting them ready. Yeah, it? deploying your <laughs> deploying your hard points on an anaconda is the equivalent of like Jim Carrey in the mask pulling a gun, and it's but, just barrel upon barrel <laughs> upon barrel. It's like an acme weapon. Yeah. It's just a thirty-story tower of death. That's fantastic. So yes, yeah, I was, I was dramatic my, effect I was, was achieved. I, I feel. I was sat at my desk, and as he was rising up, I was backing up in my chair yeah. <laughs> physically. Yeah. yeah. And the, the other thing I'd just like to mention is we we've done a fair amount of dictatorial in Borderlands too. Oh, that's to, to say the least. And one that will always stick out with me is we, we played with a lot of randoms and we played with a few of your friends. Mm. And we were in, in we were in Moxie's bar. Yeah. Right. And this was at the point where we figured out that if you tipped her mm. enough, she'd oh, give you a weapon. Oh, the gun. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Poor we, Will. He was we, so we, 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 There was me, G, Will, and some other guy, right? And he was tipping... You could tip $100 or 1000 mm. And he pumped about, what, 50... Th- no, about half a million into the jar. Yeah. And, and at one point, if the game doesn't glitch on you, Moxie goes, well, I've got this old gun. If you want it, you can take it. Yeah. Now, what he didn't realise was, G was stood right behind him. And as soon as Moxie pulled out the gun, he clicked it. So Will couldn't get it. And we're all in this team chat thing. And there's me and G trying to hold in the laughter, trying to be really quiet. And Will's going, come on, dude, give my gun back. Yeah. And outside of the team speak, because you had to push a button for it, we were in normal Steam chat. And G went, watch this. And he threw a gun down. What Will didn't know was it was a crap gun that G had before. Yeah. So he kept the good gun. And he just thought, oh, that's, that's the gun back. So what we did was gave him the gun back. And he was a, we knew he was a bit suspicious. So we went out, and we were, I was in the same vehicle as G, and Will was in the vehicle with someone else. And the penny finally dropped, and he went, that wasn't my gun, was it? And she went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, we were smashing into each other, trying to push our other people out of bounds, right? Oh, the, yeah. We managed to push his vehicle out of bounds. It didn't collapse. He couldn't get out of the vehicle, and it was stuck in one place, oh, and yeah. it wouldn't respawn. So me and G naturally, we stood at the edge trying to shoot rockets at him. Mm. <laughs> of course you did. Absolutely. It's yeah, but, beauty. But it, yeah, was, yeah. Was, it was, we were supposed to be doing a mission. We spent a good 40 minutes just smashing into each other. Literally 40-odd minutes. Just yeah. <laughs> doing donuts on this frozen lake, attempting to smash each other off the side of the map. But it was it was just a, a classic case of nick the weapon and you stared him go. He um, sulked so bad. He left oh, yeah. the game for like yeah. ten, fifteen minutes, left the left the um 
voice chat and everything. And then he came back and he's like, no, seriously, I need, I need the gun. I need the gun. Give me the gun. I, I paid all that money. Just give me, it's mine. Well, I don't even have to reason with you. It's mine. <laughs> I was like, actually, that's, that's reasonable. So obviously I dropped a white gun, which is the lowest rarity. <laughs> The most common. It looked nothing like the gun that was offered. Yeah, that he, one. Well, he was just. He, he went really quiet. I think quiet, he left he? like two or three times. Yeah, and each time that you dropped the wrong gun, he just went really quiet. Yeah. Well, and then there's me laughing my ass off yeah. at three o'clock in the morning trying not to wake everyone up. It didn't help that the fourth player in our group was friends with Will before he was friends with me, but he was laughing at Will <laughs> because I was being horrible. <laughs> And he felt really, really put upon for quite some time, I think, after that. <laughs> but, yeah. And then the, the, the races to oh. shunt each other off the map was just the, yeah, the perfect I, way to end it. I seem to remember you you gave me... You had two grenade mods, and you mm. gave me one. And it was the Octo mod. And we went in a very closed, enclosed space. And what it was, oh, you threw the it, magic missile. Yeah. You, you threw it, it bounced into eight, and then it bounced into eight again. And anything it hit, it bounced off. So naturally, what we did was we put... It was me and Gene well, somewhere else in the combined... Missile. What was that? That was one of the Torg ones, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, but it split twice. And it was like yeah. 8 and then 16. And at that point, we were playing these characters where we had a high grenade count. Mm-hmm. So naturally, we got into a small office. There was three of us. I hit record, because I had a screen capture thing. And all of us threw six grenades each. Which was about one... Eight, then sixteen times by six on the same screen. I know th- one eight, then six, sixteen bounced or whatever eight, times by six, it, yeah. but so times was, that by four because there was four of us doing yeah. it as well. And I think you were the only person that survived with a tiny little bit of health left. And it was basically I died plenty of times, but yeah. I did survive as well. Yeah, but yeah. but it was basically lots of people were just it, like it, down it every from, time. It went from looking into a small enclosed space to just... It was like a, a non-moving wallpaper mm. of explosions. <laughs> Something Talk would be very proud of. I don't think it helped that I had one... I switched my weapon mod to a magic missile, which was an immediate eight sub-grenades that kind of poodle and biddle about unless they have something to lock onto. Um, and they leave because it was a... a slag element mod so it left these glorious purple trails everywhere and then the moment that they explode it leaves these big purple puddles everywhere um it got yeah it was now, colors just 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 a quick time. background on uh, borderlands and borderlands 2 you could run it on a very low spec rig yeah. so everyone could play same with borderlands 2 so i didn't have the i had I had my, my, my computer rig at the time was quite powerful, so I had the graphics up quite high, and it could handle a lot of stuff. Um, my Not only did the recording go chalky, but my PC nearly restarted, <laughs> yeah. because there was that much going on on screen. Wow. I, I had to text G going, hang on, I think my PC's crying. <laughs> Give me a minute. Five minutes later, I was back in. What happened? It nearly died. Yeah. <laughs> Some some of your discussions so far, right? when you talked about some of the the ways that you've played games or were messing about uh, mm. on them and just having loads of fun, it sounds like you know in the movies when there's the two henchmen and they're just they're just making fun of each other yeah. in, in a, 
hitting each other. It, that's you two. <laughs> you know? So, so sort of like the two yeah. people in um, Army of Two. Yeah. Right? Smacking each other, yeah, trying to trip them up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just... Yeah, I'd say that's a fair description. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's basically there's, there's a certain amount of cooperation to get to a certain point. It's and and then it's just all rules go out the window. It's kind of like me and Ike when we were playing um, Co-op Left 4 Dead 2. Now it's set in a fictitious like Vegas setting, so you could do anything. Um, we're sort of like escorting survivors, and at one at, at any random point, he turned to me and throw some at me. So. Th- th- whether we had people, psychopaths trying to kill us or escorting survivors, we'd just go at each other. I remember one specific time, he had, um, he, he was a bugger for, he'd have like, um, you get a tennis racket and your character whacks a tennis ball and you could aim it. I was running away from him because I was quick and I went round the corner. He aimed it round the corner and hit me. He was a right bugger for that, but we were in this casino and it was like a under the sea thing. Mm. And he he picked up a plastic parrot and started hitting me with it. So I ran away, and I was throwing stuff at him, and he was throwing stuff at me. Then I came back, and I found a plastic oversized swordfish, <laughs> and I threw it at him, and it, it hit him in the chest, and he went flying back, and he went, all right, let's get back to the game. At which point, I picked up the swordfish and threw it at him again. <laughs> but I remember we used to do stuff like that, and we were we were playing for certain plot points, and when it came to some of the psychopaths, we were all right. And hmm. There was a psychopath which was dressed as a kid's mascot and rollerblades. And he'd adapted, uh, it was it was called Slappy in the game, and he'd adapted a, a water super soaker, mm. as it were, to shoot flames. So I'm trying to get close to him, hit him, my health is getting really low. I said to Ike, go, because there was, where it was in the mall, there was a gun shop just opposite. I said, go get a gun, get a shotgun, just knock him down where I get back and heal myself. Mm-hmm. I had very little health left. The next hit was going to kill me. And this the psychopath just went flying, it went slow-mo. And as it went slow-mo, the camera panned round. And he didn't go to the gun shop. He went to the other end of the mall, to the gym, picked up a dumbbell, came back and threw it and it bounced off his head. <laughs> Get a shotgun, dumbbell. Boom. Yeah, improvised oh, weapon. Fantastic. <laughs> so that was that was just insane. It was you have a lot of fun, especially if you know the person yeah. you're playing with. Mm. You can just you can do the main mission or you can just go off the rails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is it is Oh. It is fantastic when you've got a bunch of friends and you're playing multiplayer. It's a lot better than playing single player. I mean, Definitely. You know, there's a reason why, like, uh, in the, the previous episode we recorded when I said, well, the way to play single player uh, Call of Duty, and you went, hang on, hang on, hang on. There's a single player mode? It's because, yeah, you don't play, you don't buy those games to play single player. There's a single player mode Call of Duty. Apparently, mm. Just Cause has got a story. I never knew that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just Cause 3, I'll, I'll go into this in more depth in a, in, a, in a further podcast, but Just Cause 3. When I first got that, I realised that you could, I mean, Just Cause, if you ever played it, you know you can have a lot of fun, just do whatever. I took exception to a static building. Okay. Don't we all? Right, and and, <laughs> chief, and, and the way. chief can can attest to this because he was sat there when I was playing it. I spent yeah, I spent forty minutes attacking a static building, trying to demolish it, and it wow. wouldn't demolish. Yes, and then what I did was there was a tunnel close by. I was trying to reenact a chase scene from Terminator Two <laughs> <laughs> for a full twenty minutes. Fantastic. Right? So, Fantastic. So there was that. Yeah. And it's, it's just certain games where you say, there's, it's like um, Halo's got a, a single player mode, has it? Hmm. Call of Duty's got a single player mode, has it? Apparently there's a story in Just Cause 3. There's certain games where you think, you know what, tell with the story, I'm just going to have some fun. 
<laughs> Fantastic. Oh yeah, there's a lot of it. You, you can you can just have so much fun. Mm. And uh, but I'd, I'd, I'd just like to make another call back to a previous moment uh-huh. in the thing. We we mentioned the intro for Left 4 Dead Table more engaged, um, where you plays um, the main character's little girl and she gets shot and killed. That, you mean uh, Last of Us? Last of Us, sorry, not Left 4 yeah. Dead, Last of Us, right? Um, where that intro happens and it hits you in the feels. I put the game down for two weeks solid. Yes. Would not pick it up. And I think that was the point where I couldn't... I, I couldn't do conflict in TV shows or movies anymore. Oh, right, okay. Just for that short period of Just time. for that... No, just from that point on. Oh, wow, okay. I would watch things like The Walking Dead... Um, I watch things like with because a, a lot of things nowadays it's got a lot of grit to it because mm-hmm. that gives you a lot of you know investment in the characters and what they're going yeah. through. It gives them better plot development. I can't watch that stuff anymore. Right, I see. <laughs> uh, so quite literally, quite Last literally, of us broke you. The The Last of Us broke me when it came to sort of like conflict in TV shows and so movies. All I've got to say is, well done, Naughty Dog. Yeah, well <laughs> done, Naughty Dog, because I can't do it no more. I can't watch something where. If the if the point in the story where they, they get to a point where there's conflict, mm-hmm. where it breaks and then they build themselves back up, mm-hmm. it gets to that point and I go right, I'm not doing it no more. Do you know what? I, I, I just I, can't do it. Just I'm, just saying that um, <laughs> the Last of Us, that right. intro where I played that and then I left it for two weeks. Um, I'd that, say that's a fair deal. Yeah, frankly. Th- that was the point where anything apart from Game of Thrones, there's the only exception to this. <laughs> anything where there's conflict or the main character in a story reaches a point where they get knocked down and then they build themselves back up. I can't do it no more. I couldn't watch Left 4 Dead after that. I couldn't play the games, the Telltale games of Left 4 Dead mm. or Game of Thrones. Mm. Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Why well, I keep saying Left 4 Dead? Because um, Left 4 Dead is great. I know. But the Walking Dead, the Telltale's Walking Dead, I couldn't play that. Um, I had to force myself to sit through Game of Thrones because I know it was going to be good and there's a lot of that in there where people get knocked down. Um... I, ju- I just I just can't do anything where there's an overbearing amount of conflict mm-hmm. and knockdown. I just can't watch it no more because of that intro. I just can't do it. Uh, it's I mean, there's there's a few other reasons why as well. But well yeah, no, yeah well. Naughty Dog really saw me come in with that and knocked me down. <laughs> and you know what's crazy about it, right? Mm. You know what one of Naughty Dog's first games was, don't you? Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> They've gone from platform silly funness. All the way up to... Hit you in the fields. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Via Nathan Drake, yeah. which I think is, you know... M- much in the same way Capcom really saw me coming when I, they made Revelations 2. Yeah, when they made when they released Resident <laughs> Evil Revelations 2 and it was like, you can have this level and then you have to wait a week and get that level. And you went, oh yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that, not a problem. And you did that. And then you went and bought it. Oh, you got it for Xbox and for PC. And I think I've got it on every platform. And for Switch and for... You know, I'm pretty sure you could probably... You've probably got a version of Revelations that you could run on the fridge. Shh. Not supposed to know. Oh, right. <laughs> not supposed to know. Uh, right. Is that the internal secret build that Capcom aren't supposed to let every... Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be able to play it on a Fitbit, you know. Shh, shh. Yeah, wait. <laughs> Fitbit, I love it. Yeah. But yeah, um... Last of Us. Let me get that right. Yeah, The Last of Us. It really knocked me down. I, I just, I really struggle with anything with conflict anymore because of that. It just, it, it, you have to sort of that intro some, takes no prisoners. Frankly. It doesn't, and it, it, it hits you so subtle. But the thing is, you don't realise 
because you, you get out of the car, there's a main character and his brother and his daughter, and the main character is... They, they bump into a, a military escort. And the main character's saying, listen, we're just trying to get out of here. We don't know what's going on. We're just trying to get out of here. And then there's a tussle. And you don't quite hear a gunshot in the tussle. And your main character punches the the, the marine to knock him down. And you just hear this wail. And you turn around. Woof. No. Nope. Damn, not doing it. But, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it was kind of required. If you think about it from a storytelling point of view. Mm. Yes, it was difficult to deal with. But it's from a storytelling point mm. of view. They're trying to say character. literally anything can happen yeah. to anyone in this universe. They're setting up the sticks. They are also, saying... Also, in terms of the character um, of Joel within the, the main body of the game, mm. past that intro, I don't feel there is any need for any other exposition as no. to why he is the way he is mm-hmm. throughout the game itself. After that intro, it's just like, I would either just give up there and then, or I would be Joel. <laughs> and that's it. Those are your choices Become in him. terms of that experience. I, I can't honestly picture anything else. It would just be like, yeah, well, I'm done. Become him <laughs> or stop. Yeah. Two options, no yeah. gift. So, I mean, <laughs> although it was a, a really harsh blow mm. as um, a player, and so, particularly because it was a section of the game where it was a story mm. sequence. It wasn't a playable sequence. There was no option. It just happened. It was done to you as a player. Yes. And I think that was the impact that it felt that mm. it left me with. Was very much there was there was no choice. You know, I mean, There's no control. It just happened. Exactly. Yeah. You're presented with um, choices in, say, the Mass Effect games mm. that can impact uh your your relationship within the team but also can result in the deaths of some of your teammates however those are things that have particularly within the second game in mass effect mm. those are things that you can affect multiple times throughout the the story and the um the, the impact, the potential termination of one of your characters um, is not something that you feel until right at the end. And as part of the finale sequence, that is acceptable. And, and actually um, going and into because you feel, well. Yeah, you feel like you were presented with those choices. And when you go, oh no, that character's dead, but then you look at the choices that you made and the conversation choices that you selected... Um, then you can understand why the circumstance led there. Whereas with um, Last of Us, there is none of that. Mm-hmm. You are just, <laughs> you you are there, and then you have this building dropped on top of you, and you have no choice, no lead up, no nothing, no history to look back on other than the previous five to ten minutes of this is a single dad working hard to look after his daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you go? How do you deal with that? You don't. That's you become it. Joel. I'm done. Someone exactly. else can play it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
my experience of this game is the first 10 minutes, hand the pad on, that's it, I'm done. I'm going to bed. (laughs) But uh, again, because of the way that it took place, um, directly uh, as a major contributionary factor to the development of the character within the main body of the game, it was a superb piece of storytelling. I hate them. Because I yeah. admire it. <laughs> <laughs> because you weren't the one that did the amazing storytelling. I admire it. No, not because so of that. <laughs> I'm happy to be subject to amazing storytelling. Um, I expect and hope for it with the release of any game that I view to have the potential for anything more than just knockabout laughs, mm-hmm. or, you know, arcadey fun. If you go into a game for the story, then. You do. You should obviously look for that story, and if it's if it's lacking, then woe betide the developer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that was our conversation with G. We, we definitely had a blast. Mm-hmm. We hope you guys did too. Um, if you loved it, which I'm sure you did because it was loads of fun to record, and I've had loads of fun editing it. Mm-hmm. I say that now, I haven't actually edited it yet, but I will soon. Magic of podcasts. Yes. Um, then let us know. Um, and we're, we're, well, we're definitely going to have G on mm-hmm. again if he'll, if he'll agree to be on, if Squidgy can, you know, drag him back to being on the podcast because we love to hear him waffle we love to waffle there's lots of waffling going on that sounds really wrong I'm not going to keep saying again doing we sound like an infection come yeah. back let us infect your ears with so waffle. long as it's not blue oh. you want to go there we should leave that in I think yeah we're going to leave that in yeah. but then anyway we yes. promise it's not blue so but we will infect you with waffle yes uh, so yeah go go and rate review subscribe, tell your friends. We're on loads of different places. I'm not going to read them off again. Go back to the previous episode and listen to me list all the places where the Waffling Tailors podcast is, or go to wafflingtailors.rocks slash our hyphen podcast to see all the places where you can get this podcast. But if you're listening to the podcast, you probably already have it from one of those places. I don't know why I said it like that, but do that. Um, I'd just like to add um, congratulations for getting this far. Yes, definitely. We, we do appreciate people sticking it out, but a definite congratulations for getting... You should, you should deserve some sort of medal. To quote Joel Spolsky, which is someone I don't think that the people in the room will know of, um, you've gone and wasted another hour of your life listening to our podcast, so well done. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, head over to wafflingtailors.rocks. You'll be able to Rolling see... Rolling for links. Yeah, you'll be able to see the show notes. You'll be able to see the list of games we talked about, any links that we find that are interesting and related to this episode. Um, maybe if we can track down the video that G talked about um, of the dancing ships, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> we'll we'll spend some time trying to find that out because that that was that was epic. The description of it was epic, so the video must be epic. Um, yeah, head over to Twitter, find us on there at Waffling Tailors. If you're on Facebook, 
I appreciate not everyone is. Have a look <laughs> in the search button <laughs> and look for Waffling Tailors. It's the same logo. It's the same spelling. Um, give us a like if you really want to. You don't really have to. I'm not the boss of you. I am waffling a lot. I'm saying a lot of stuff. Go do that or not. <laughs> you don't have to. Um, and we will catch you next time, I guess. Mm. Be safe and waffle on. Waffle on. I just sort of made that up. I hope that's a thing. Probably not. So, yeah. We'll catch you again another time. Mm. See you later, everybody. Intro music is Behind the Lines by Ian Sutherland. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. See the show notes for more details. Uh, (laughs) very, very drunk. Very, very drunk. So annoyed, so affected, my monocle flew across the room.